Hello, and welcome to The Spiel of Time, a spoiler-free podcast discussing Robert Jordan's fantasy epic series, The Wheel of Time. Each episode, Chris, a first-time reader, and Tom, a series veteran, read one or two chapters and sit down to examine them a little deeper. This episode, we are going to briefly introduce ourselves and dive straight into the prologue. So, Chris, how about you go first? I'm Chris. Uh, this is going to be my first time reading this series. I am the the novice, the the virgin, if you like, reading wise. Um, my co-host of this podcast, Tom, is um, introduced me to a, a couple of different fantasy series, which uh, set me on a little bit of a path, such as. Uh, Scott Lynch's Lock and Amara and Joanna Crombie's First Law Trilogy, which both really, really good, really like them. Uh, but mostly, I, really, I, I spent a lot of time with my youth reading Stephen King and uh, other sort of, sort of pulp fiction, if you like. Um, really like uh, Chuck Palahniuk, the author of Fight Club and his uh, associated works, and also um, quite like a classic as well, to be fair. Uh, probably. Lim is my favourite of, of, of all of them. So, uh, so Tom and myself, we met each other a long time ago, 30 years ago in nursery. So we've known each other a long time, went all the way through nursery, primary school, secondary school together, uh, college for a bit, and then we, we're both currently working in the same supermarket. So uh, we see each, plenty of each other and we thought we'd, we'd like to spend a bit more time seeing each other. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for me. Um, Tom, do you want to introduce yourself? So as been said, I've known Chris going on 30 years now. We read primarily, I'd say, the same books. Um, I started off with a bit more traditional fantasy. I started off at around age nine with the Chronicles of Narnia and launched straight from there into The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. I've devoured every fantasy series I've got my hands on. Yeah, I picked the series up when I was around 15. I read all the available books multiple times, just really fell in love with it. I was obviously forced to take a break when Robert Jordan tragically passed away. It was around, it was after Knife of Dreams, if I remember correctly. Um, obviously, Brandon Sanderson picked it up. I was happy it was going to get finished, but I never actually read anything by Brandon Sanderson, which, being from a fantasy background, doesn't really make much sense. Um, I've suggested Chris read this series so many times, I finally wore him down. So I'm just looking forward to reading the series yet again. So, we've read the prologue of The Eye of the World. Chris, do you want to give us a quick summary of what happened? Right, so the prologue has got the subtitle Dragon Bound, and it uh, starts off in a ruined palace, and all your life is dead, and a fella called uh, Luz... Theron Telemon, uh, I believe. I don't know how you would pronounce that. That seems accurate. I'm sure that's uh, LTT or Luz Theron. Uh, he is walking through it, shouting Iliana, 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 and uh, trying to find her. Basically, whilst he's on this sort of walk through the palace, trying to find uh, Iliana, um, a weird fellow called Elan walks up behind him, uh, all dressed in black. So you know he's up to no good. Um, we have a bit of a conversation. Uh, Luz Thorin doesn't have his memory, uh, but it seems like they 
previously knew each other. Ultimately, uh, the, the the bad man gives him uh, gives him his memory back, and they realise they've been in a, a lifelong or a, maybe century long struggle against each other. He then, from what I can gather, teleports to an island and then turns into a mountain. A volcano, specifically. A volcano, And that's actually the end of it. And then uh, I think uh, the finally Elan sees him as a moment to say, I get you, lad. <laughs> Ultimately, is, is, is how it ends. So, a couple of thoughts I had about it. Um, is that all the life is dead, but the, the sort of artist, uh, the art and the furniture it remains intact? Yeah, it seems very targeted, doesn't it? Yeah, what, what, it's certainly. Whatever yeah. happens seems seems very targeted. Like it says, it says in the chapter it's got scorch marks and black smears. I don't know if you call that. Yes, yeah, because that was the other element. Was obviously it has a subtitle Dragon Mountain, and there's scorch marks and there's uh, talk of fire and and that kind of sort of damage. Certainly suggestive of a a dragon attack. Yeah, we, we so we get that it's a it's a palace. And so there's a lot of sort of finery and art and paintings and things like that, and they they don't seem touched at all. No, from, from what we're told here. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and it, but then it seems like a lot of the damage is from earthquakes that seems to be occurring through the pro where it's tremors and there's the only where the only place where the artwork is damaged is where the wall is crumbled around it. So that as much as like I say, it's got scorch marks suggestive of dragons. It's, it doesn't really seem to be damage caused by that. Yeah, it's not sort of one-time destruction, is it? It's, the, it's, it's very specific. targeted towards yeah, yeah, the, the people who were, absolutely. who were in the palace. So, yeah, that was the first one we did. So, and when we don't, and then we sort of get introduced to Luz, Theron, Talmud, or LTT, is that what we're, we're going for? Luz, Luz Theron. Luz Theron will do, or LTT, uh, whichever. So he is in his middle years, which is uh, which is concerning, because I think, like, in this sort of, like, medieval-style fantasy world, which I, but I'm assuming this is what we're jumping into, because I'm... This is a, literally just read the prologue. Yeah. <laughs> Middle years. Is that is that our age or is that? Is it, we, we get that he's he's sort of got some sort. Is it white in his hair? More white than brown, I believe it says. Yeah. So I'd I'd put him. What's there? What would you say if you get white in your hair? I would say. Oh, I would like to think <laughs> it's maybe forty to fifty. <laughs> But like I said, it's a bit concerning that he might be 30 to 40, because then we are yeah. in our middle years. <laughs> that is upsetting, to say the least. So yeah, so he, he's, he, he's wearing a regal grey and scarlet and gold, but it's, it, it's, had, it's seen better days. It's, um, I assume from whatever's happened in the palace that's caused all of this destruction. And he's like, shout out for Ilyena. I've got to assume he's his wife or his mother. Yeah, he seems he seems very attached to this. So he says, "Oh yeah, my love, we've got you to come see me, my wife." Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've put that in like a, some kind of profound like <laughs> suggestion, and then uh, have a word actually says the words <laughs> <laughs> from what it actually says in the book. Yes, <laughs> it is his wife. Right. Well, that's cool. Uh, yes, and then uh, um, sort of next up within that sort of prologue, there's a uh, mention of a symbol. That is uh, both white and black. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you got on that one. Yeah, it's a, it's a, sinu- a circle split by a sinuous line. Yes. Um, half white and half black, yeah. And I was just wondering if it was relevant that he's got this symbol upon him that is white and black and he is in grey. It was definitely something I'd talk away in the old brain. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And that's yeah. So that, that's pretty much LTT. Uh, the time being, I think we've looked at his his sort of appearance, but what what, do you, what are you thinking of his uh, his actions? All right. So yeah. So sorry. He's he seems to be oblivious to the fact that anything bad has happened. Uh, clearly, you find out a bit later on that he's suffering from a form of amnesia. He's he's clearly uh, got some sort of injury. Yes, I'd, I'd say to or trauma. To, yes, to his mental state. He's not. He's not taking anything around him in account. No, he's just looking for his wife, and, and just thinks everything's funny. To be fair, like he just thinks he's very, very detached, isn't he? He sees his reflection, and he thinks he, she, his wife would get a kick off seeing him like that. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah. So he's 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 a, clearly a confused individual at this point. And then I guess next in the prologue after after this sort of introduction to it, yeah. it was is uh, Elan. Morin Tedronai. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing all right. And um, he uh, is all in black, so got to imagine he's a bad guy. He, got, he comes on stage with a sort of musical accompaniment. Yeah, that sort of thing. And he also, um, sorry, there's a suggestion that he's magical because he sort of appears in a shimmer of uh, air. Yeah, the air ripple, the shimmer, then solidified into a man. And he also refers to uh, Luz at one point as uh, a fool, which is uh, what all good Disney villains yeah. call people. Yes. So and we know where we're, he's a wrong one <laughs> for, for definite. Uh, they, they give each other quite a few titles, don't they? Yes, I've got, I've got a couple written down, so uh, it might be jumping a little bit ahead of it in the prologue in terms of where we're talking, but uh, Elan is known as the betrayer of hope. Um, we, we get a loose uh, and it's called Lord of the Morning. Yes, yes, Lord of the Morning, got that. And, and not so good, but it looks like he's soon going to be known as a Kinslayer. Yeah, so I, I think it's implied at this point that Luz may be responsible for what, yes. what's happened all yeah, around him. Certainly. Elan and Luz have a bit of a conversation. It's not a, a god, or I, I'm not sure what it is, but it gets mentioned of uh, Shaitan. It yes. seems to ripple a memory in Luz. Yeah, so we're, we're introduced to sort of the entity that is Shaitan. We mm. don't know what it is. Yeah. But it's introduced at this point, yeah. Yeah, so like, I don't know, it's a, it sort of starts off suggesting it's a person, but then it feels like more of a, an abstract entity rather than um, so something solid. But it's unsure, because there's, there's so many phrases and things that get flung around in this prologue. Yeah, it's very, it's very chaotic in the amount of things it's throwing at you at once. I mean, there's, there's, it's certainly intriguing, but there's like, those are normal words that are, that are used that have been capitalised, so you know it means something different to what what it actually, what it means to us, uh, but with no indication as to what it is. So I've got a couple of examples, which is the the voice and the yes. singing. Have you the voice, stranger? It will soon be time for the singing. Yes. Um, and also servants, which seems to be some kind of order of people. Um, a taint as well. I mean, I don't know whether that's uh, capitalised as such, but the, obviously the, the association is negative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but we, we get the implication that even saying saying the name Shaitan is dangerous. Oh yes, yeah. Oh yeah. I did, I did get a bit of a Voldemort vibe. Worth <laughs> <laughs> mentioning this did come first. <laughs> From that. Yeah, and then uh, and then there's then there's a bunch of things that get mentioned that are clearly part of the world but we use enough of the, norm, the, the, the normal English if you like that it's uh, it raises some intrigue so you like so the, your ring of Tamerlin 
Uh, the Nine Rods of Dominion, the Hall of Servants, the Gates of Paradisum, Sisters and Healing. Like, I, I know some of all of these elements. I mean, I you get the feeling that these characters have known each other for a long time and they, they know about each other. Yes. So then all these things seem to be achievements of loose errands. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, without any sort of solid background to it, it's just, it's just he, he won the battle at the gates of Parent Dyson, I think it was. That was the one he. Parent Dyson, I always said it. Yeah, but well, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like Alan has come here and he's listing his achievements in order to emphasise how far Lucerne's fallen. Alright. I, I don't know if you got that. I didn't get that, but it makes sense. He seems to be enjoying yeah. this from grace that Lewis Aaron seems to have had. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you, if you got that from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not on my reading, but um, it certainly makes sense. I, I sort of read it more as um, to remind him of who he was, which I guess is the same sort of thing, but it was, I, I, I thought it was more like a, to try and break him of his amnesia rather than as a bad dig at, at who he's become. That makes sense. So, so we get we get a scene where Elan heals Lucerin. Yes, um, I did have that. So dark dark magic is is the, the my feelings on the matter because he suggests that if he kept any of his sisters alive, they'd have been able to heal him in a in a better way. But as it is, less painful fashion maybe. This will have to do. Well, yeah. So so he, he um, releases this magic upon Lewis to help him with his memory and he uh, screams quite a long time and I've I just got this line here that I've quoted but uh, fire seared his marrow <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound great it? Uh, I mean is it, I assume his marrow is his head <laughs> in, in, in his bones oh oh well I'm yeah. thinking of the vegetable <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> I'm thinking of the marrow and I'm like the marrow inside his so it's essentially that his, his bones are burning up oh but that's actually it's so, sort of as, as deep inside yourself as pain can go oh, it's that, getting it's reaching even there oh that's bad <laughs> that's definitely yeah. bad <laughs> oh, oh man I just thought he acid, acid brushed along his veins is another one Yes, yeah, straight after. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, feel a little bit foolish about that marrow <laughs> thing now. I, d- I thought it was a reference to his head. I, th- I think it was all shaped. <laughs> <laughs> With all the terminology being thrown, I think we forgive him for, uh, for a little sleep. So uh, yeah, so he gets his memory back, and he has a bit of a chat with Elan, and there's sort of a mention of the Great Lord of the Dark. Well, yeah, so this is when Lou sort of get some clarity in the situation and he recognises it again. Mm-hmm. Clearly this is the sort of big bad of, if not the series, the book. Um, and Elan seems to be one of his uh, accomplices. Well, he, says, he says that Lewis can have Ilyana back if he would just serve the Grey Lord of the Dark. Yeah. Never, never go to these kind of things. No, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel great, does it? When <laughs> bringing um, someone back from the dead. And then... We sort of get to the sort of the first mention of the old uh, titular wheel. Uh, you have thought, fought a thousand battles with the turning of the wheel. So they like you say it suggests they've known each other for a long, a long time. But again, Lucerne isn't under that under that impression, is he? He says they fought for ten years. Yes. So I buy that Elan's got more information. And yes. Yeah. He's about this. But they've had a, uh, yeah. So when Elan sort of goes on to suggest that they've had thousands of battles and as long as the wheel of uh, I assume the wheel of time doesn't actually specifically mention that it's the wheel of time but uh, 
as long as the wheel is turning and these two will be in uh, conflict with each other. And then it's sort of further suggested that there's that Luz has killed Ilyena. Anyway, oh yeah, so he also, after he screamed pain, he, he also did a, a much more agonising scream once he realised that she she was dead. Yeah, it seemed like that hurt him, if not, like, just as much, if not more, than the actual healing did. Yes. So. There's a couple of other mentions of, like I said, like, normal English words, but with capitalised uh, things. There's a shadow, which, yeah. again, is never, never usually good, a hundred companions, which... It suggests, I don't know, like, feels a bit like, go back to, like, Abercrombie a little bit, where he's, where he's got the uh, the mercenary team with a, with Costa with a gracious hand. And yeah, it sounds, hands. Like, it sounds like a group, doesn't it? Yeah, if, if not a mercenary, it's certainly together in their fight. Yeah. Um, well, just on that fight, it's mentioned, uh, remember your futile attack on the Great Lord of the Dark, so it implies that... Luz has actually attacked this great lot of the dark and this, this is the counter strike. Yes. Draw. Oh yes. I didn't write that down, but it's uh... So it says the hundred companions are tearing the world apart and every day a hundred men more join them. What hand slew Ilyana son here? Not mine. Mm. So he's basically confirming that Luz did kill Ilyana. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mad. so it seems like this is the price that loses paying yes for his attempt and uh, just a little side of Eliana's son here blonde yeah yeah. (laughs) I mean I mentioned a couple of times more evidence that that's the woman he's been stepping over (laughs) yeah yes Um, that's right and then so so they sort sort of finish the conversation and there's some talk about a true source and a sading uh, yeah, and then a travelling or travelled, uh, travelled in one L, which I, I don't know whether that's just the American spelling or whatever. I, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. But it is that it, worth mentioning that's capitalised as well. Yes, Tra- yes. travelled with a capital T. Yeah. We get it. It's tainted siding as well. Yes. yes. So we've already heard about a taint as well. And then yeah, the siding's tainted. Uh, yeah. Sort of, and the siding is in italics. Yeah, it's the other thing. So it's. Um, do you remember anything else about Poseidon? It's the male half of the power. Yeah, so we get that we get that it's the male half of the power and that it's tainted. Yeah. So that, that also doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's the power that turns the wheel of time and you could feel yes. the oily taint falling its surface. And the taint that doomed the world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so again, a lot more doom laden terminology. Not good. <laughs> I mean, what, where, where would the story go if it was all, it was yeah. all happy at this point? Um, so I, I don't know whether this is right or not, but he sort of seems to be caressing this Satan. Um, I'm not sure if it is or it's not, but it feels like it might be the symbol he looked at before he got his memory back. Oh, okay. It's sort of because obviously when he hasn't got his memory, it's like, well, this is just a symbol. Yeah. And now he's got his memory. It's good. Good. Given given his proper name, I might be. I might be wrong. But no, it was definitely described as a, a circle with two halves. So yeah, yeah, like a yin and yang. Yes, yeah, so maybe yeah. something. Maybe something for that. Yeah, and I'm not far off what I've got. Yeah, and there's mention of a creator and a, and um, and once he's he's done his travelling, uh, which I imagine is akin to a teleportation uh, to this island. He. Uh, summons the one power uh, as much of it as he can get his hands on essentially and then um, like I say turns into a volcano yeah so it seems like he's drawing on that power in his grief and it says 
he had drawn more of the one power that he could channel unaided. Yeah. So he seems to be in his grief. It seems to be an, no. act, an act of suicide, more or less. Oh. I thought it was like, we're definitely told that it's I, I, intentional. I was, I was I was getting more of a. Um, I mean, I don't know how turning the volcano would have helped him in his current plight, but I was getting more of a like um, you know those stories where it's like a a, a, a five foot tall mother of two can lift a car off of a child in, oh. in times of need. Okay. So, sort of like he needed that power to like get his revenge. Is where I was reading it. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely say that. He's he's definitely. Again, when you say you, you're not sure how much use it'd be being a volcano, I think, <laughs> I think that's quite relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's not got much of a surface area for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, quite, it's, quite, it's quite a static fire there. Got to hope it comes to you. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Elon does come to him, <laughs> to be fair, but he doesn't spew magma all over him so that's something I guess he watches him yeah it says a, a looser in Talamon no sign remained mm. so he's he's always he's turned himself into a volcano yeah, I mean <laughs> I just want to make sure we get down there it's not the, it's not the volcano loose there it is a <laughs> it volcano pretty clear in place of <laughs> if, if this is not Fifteen book epic series about a volcano <laughs> casting its revenge upon everybody who's done him harm. I feel like we've misled, like we've misled you. <laughs> the adventures of the volcano it may not be where the series is going. <laughs> yeah, I mean the wheel of time, which should be the the volcano. King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got much more in that respect. We do get a little bit where it says you cannot escape so easily, dragon. It is not mm. done between us. It will not be done until the end of time. Yes. So yeah, actually, I'm going backwards a little bit in my in my notes. Um, obviously, it's called Dragon Mount, uh, the prologue, and, and he is referred to as a dragon. Yeah. And like so, there's scorch marks and all the rest of it in this palace. So, it, is he? Has he summoned a dragon? Is he a dragon? I mean, he's a volcano now. So <laughs> <laughs> as much as you disagree with me, he is a volcano yeah, now. Unclear on <laughs> the, the personage of the volcano. <laughs> No, he is a volcano, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he uh, he might also be yeah, might be turn into a dragon. I would say that dragons and volcanoes are quite uh, alike. It's definitely got a fire imagery with the scorch marks and yeah. the black smears and yeah, things yeah, like that. Yeah. Sure, and certainly that that element. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've got much else on the prologue, but, um, but it's it's definitely a difficult. There's a lot of, I'd say. Chaos sums up the prologue. Yeah, there's obviously there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown at you. You just it, it just certainly makes you more interested to read more. But you, yeah, you ain't got a clue what's going on. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so yeah. Um, where do you think it's just as maybe I'm jumping ahead, but where do you think the story's coming from? This. So I'm not even sure where the prologue lives in this story. Right. So is it? Um, like a, a Lord of the Rings prologue where it's like one ring to rule them all, the wings getting cast, casted in, in gold and it, it's sort of set way back when this story's going to start. Is it set at the end of this story, as in a, oh, 15 months earlier? This is what Luz has uh, been up to. Uh, so until I get to this first chapter, I really don't know where it's going. Yeah. This, this prologue could sit anywhere. One thing I do love about this prologue is how open it leaves it. You, yeah. it's, it's hard to get any sort of 
theme from this other than there's a struggle. Yeah, an, an eternal struggle. Yes, it's implied that the struggle has been going on for all of time, essentially. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, so I guess we'll just... Uh, Wait for chapter one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wait for chapter one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Spiel of Time. You can share any thoughts or questions with us at spiel underscore time on Twitter. We also have an email, spieloftimepodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for more Wheel of Time.